with the sound of that. Come to the mountains of Bush. Episode 106 of Bat and Spider. Spider. Do you ever think... Do you ever think at this, like, we're 106 episodes in, but how did we land on Bat and Spider? And, I mean, is it still permanent? The name? Or can we change it? Oh, man, I dream about changing the name every few days Every. i think about it it's like man uh this week folks we watched a, a movie from what 1992 called the vagrant yeah starring uh inexplicably bill paxton uh, an amazing in, human being god rest his soul god rest his soul you know in between what in between uh <sighs> like after aliens, after weird science, before true lies, lies this what this period of time where Bill Paxton didn't want to tell anybody he started in this movie. We're going to get into it. <laughs> We're going to get into it during probably probably very soon because between Chuck and I, we don't have anything to talk about this week. It's like we're we're off. We're. I, we just hit record and I'm emceeing the show, mm-hmm. which I haven't done since episode five before we started the Crypt Keeper's Coffin. And now it's like there's a sense in the air, this free, it's free. We can <laughs> breathe. Free. We're like. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's relaxing. There's an openness. Yeah. Um, but it's also feel, it's, it's, it's also new and a little scary. Something feels off. Something's weird. The vibe. The vibe is different. It's not what I'm used to. Whenever I hit record, I'm used to Chuck spinning up. Chuck starts talking Welcome. at me. Welcome. See, oh, that feel, I feel so much better already. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into the vagrant very, very soon. But before that, geez, is there anything to even talk about? Boy, Chuck. Uh, um, I know for a fact. Yes. That. Yes. You and I both attended Free Comic Book Day, not at the same shop, but we did visit our local comic shops to to uh, to patronize and show our support. Yeah. Any uh, anything anything you want to talk about coming from Free Comic Book Day? Yeah, I went Check. to uh, I went to my local shop. I mean, local. It's the closest shop near me, which is in, still an hour away, but it is my local shop. It comics and more in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Um. Great shop. They, uh, I've, I've known the owners for, gosh, since I can't remember a few years ago now. Um, wow, great people. Um, yeah, love that shop. So I went, I went out to support them. They had, um, they had a nice little outdoor setup this year. Um, that's nice. So there was the that's inside thoughtful. shop, and then they had an outdoor place where they had some comics. They had all the free comics outside, actually. So it was like very welcoming and. Um, you didn't have to get all ooey gooey inside just if you just wanted the free books. Um, right. but they also had, they had for the first time a local, I don't even think they're like a restaurant yet, but they're like, uh, local people ramping up doing vegan pizzas. So they're cooking vegan pizzas there. Oh, I got God. one of those bad boys and brought it home. It was delicious. Um, your, your vegan ass must've been in heaven that day. I'm not even vegan anymore, but it was fantastic. It was right. awesome. Your great. former vegan ass. My former vegan ass. <laughs> and uh, well, I did, when I brought it, don't tell anyone. When I brought it home, I put a little Parmesan cheese on there. Don't just so don't tell okay. anyone. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, but what did I get? Oh, I did get 
What a, did you the get vegans, any free comics? The vegans, the vegans out there. I, I just picture the vegans out there listening. And when you revealed that, uh-huh. and I left it in and didn't edit it out, like the you know in the Little Mermaid when Ursula turns like King Triton into the sea, little seaweed people, like the little uh, they're like little worms hanging <laughs> like hanging out at the bottom of of her cave. Oh. They're just so sad and pathetic looking. That's what you did when you said. You put Parmesan cheese on that vegan pizza, Chuck. You turn them into little nodules, little, little <laughs> multi-celled, but zero, like they are just miserable little worms now because they shrunk. You took away their power. But I did get my allotted three free comic books. Okay. I got the Spider-Man one because it had John Romita Jr. drawing it. Yeah, dude. I got... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, because it had it had like reprints of like old turtle stuff. You know, I don't know. So it spoke to me. Grab that one. And the third one sure. I got because it was so odd and strange by this small company. I think they're called American Mythologies or something. Publishing. It's a it's a fully licensed Three Stooges comic book. <laughs> Okay. And it's just such Props. an it was such an odd thing. Sometimes you'll see like companies like license Three Stooges and just like the weirdest prod products come out and like here's like a full twenty four page color comic book like recently drawn. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, but it's it's wild. Written, Written by somebody. Yeah, someone's like <laughs> Some, somebody. I, I'm gonna nail the voice of the Stooges. I'm gonna get this. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to see if they like if I read it and I'm like, yeah, this feels like the Three, three Stooges. I, I right. don't know. Skimming through it, I'm a little. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's. It, it's I don't a, blame <laughs> you for being apprehensive. I don't blame you. Friend of the show, Jim Lynn, stopped by the shop too, and I tried to sell him on that because there was one copy left, and I was like, "Look at this! This is ridiculous!" I was flipping through it, showing him the pages, and he just yeah, watched no, me he put was, it back on the rack and just kindly walked away. So yeah, he's he's just. I could see his face right now. Oh, yep, that's where it goes. <laughs> That's where it belongs, right there. Some people just don't appreciate yeah. the magic things in life. I'm sorry, Jim, but Jim you said you, it. Jim, you failed out. <laughs> uh, but everything else in the shop is 25% off. So I did. I got a bunch of like dollar bin books, some old DC stuff. I'm trying to be more of a DC guy because it's just, I grew up a Marvel head, Marvel and Image. That was my thing. F yeah. F yeah. Um, Hundred, hundo. But I do appreciate, and and also, I, yeah. And so, one thing I did pick up a new comic, which I rarely do. Oh, I bought some Tezuka reprints too. But I bought this book, Catwoman Lonely City, but written and drawn by Cliff Chang. It's a black label mm-hmm. book, um, which is like, if you don't know, black, it's like in the 80s, DC used to have the mature readers line, and this is basically that, you know. Okay. Um, I think it's out of continuity and they can. Yeah, you know, showed Batman's penis or whatever. Um, sure, but this is a fantastic book. It, it it it's it's sort of like I think it's sort of like a long Dark Knight Returns type timeline, but it's about Catwoman getting out of jail after a decade and coming back into Gotham and seeing, you know, she's like old and wrinkly and her knees hurt and she's like going back and like going back to her old apartment, which was actually still there, and. uh it was still there. Yeah, okay. it was like locked up. Like it was the building was abandoned and sort of quarantined off, but the um she had a good security system. 
no one could break in. Yeah, right. Yeah. Except her. She had to break in. That was a great little touch that Mr. Cliff Chang had. She had to break into her own apartment. She's, she's Catwoman, Dale. She's a cat burglar, you know. Um, But I'm not going to go too much into it. It's a, it's actually a really great book, and I'm looking. I think that it's going to be four issues. Three of them are out. I, I, I'm kicking myself for not buying the, the, the two and three while I was there because I really liked the first right. one. So you're an, and you're an hour away. I know yeah, that's the problem. It's not like I can't just like run down there and fiending, yeah. you know. Jeez, but um, yeah. And now I've I, Dale. I just subscribed to DC Universe last night. Like, have you looked at that app ever? Uh, no. I I no. It seems pretty legit. Like it seems like an offering, right? Yeah. It seems like you anything you would want DC related. It's they got it for you all. I, yeah. I think it had yeah. a, a rocky start when they started, but I was like looking at it last night because I was like, I want to read all this like 80s mature reader stuff that I'd never really read. And it's like so much stuff is on there. I was like kind of blown away. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I subbed to that for a month. We'll see if I, you know. Enjoy it. Yeah. That's cool. Um. So, yeah, that was my free comic book. How about you? Free comic book day. Uh, yeah. So, free comic book day. We had a, we had a fun time. My my youngest son Reed and I we went and he, it was by the time we got there it was like three thirty or four o'clock and it was I was like Reed if we gotta if we're gonna get to free comic book day we gotta go okay my mom was in town so we were all you know she was staying with us and having a great we had a great visit with her but I was like we got real we gotta go we're gonna miss everything and by the by the time we got there they had an outside tent and but but by the time we got there it was just it was like pissing. Oh rain hardcore so we got up to outside of the front door they like they scuttled everything back under the like the awning of the strip mall and they had a a table set up with whatever free comic books they could hand out at the time um and they what was cool was all the kid books like all the kid skewed stuff they just put all in in a baggie ready to go so they're giving away oh. all of the all of the kid stuff there that's cool in one shot like you didn't even have to pick through it they're just like here take this thing but um the and the the free comic books that were left for for uh, G general audiences um whatever was there they didn't really have a limit i if maybe they did but it was chaotic yeah at the time because it was just pouring rain I got the Spidey book. I got uh, I got the DC book. What was the DC book? Or they had a couple, right? They had did they, they had a Batman one. No. What is this? A comic book know. podcast? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck <laughs> skimming through that article from three years ago. No, I'm in, I'm at the official free comic book day site. All right, mm-hmm. whatever. I can't find. I don't know. I mean, I so I mean the. Obviously, the the Spidey book was awesome. JRJR Zeb Wells um, was wrote. Oh, Avengers versus X Men versus Eternals was another book that came out, or oh. it was in the Spidey book. Uh, but that there looks like they're ramping that up to be the um, the summer storyline, and what they're skewing the Eternals to be is the the Eternals are the guardians of Earth, right? Like no matter what, they protect the planet. And what's happening with the mutants now on their on their island sanctuary of Krakoa? And they've they sort of uh, solved death. With they were able they were able to do this rebirthing thing with 
uh, Krakoa being involved, but the Eternals are like super seeing that as a huge deviation on what should be happening on planet Earth. It's it's not natural. So maybe it looks like the uh, the Avengers are going to be getting away, getting in the way of all this, obviously, to try to keep the peace. But it's going to be fuckers. huge, and yeah, yeah, right. The Avengers get in the way of shit like that. But that that looks uh, fun. But I did buy a comic, which I haven't done Hello. in a couple years because Kurt Busiek's back in Astro City, new Astro City, yeah, coming out, Man. and uh, I don't know anything about it, but I had to pick it up because it's Astro City and. Is it the first issue um, of this new series? Yeah. YouTube? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. so you're right. Just on the came out. Floor. Oh, cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, boy. I read Astro City as a young lad. Um, <laughs> yeah. When what publisher was it on back then? Was it that Image back then? It was uh, DC for a while. But it was a uh, wasn't it an homage book, which was uh, under Wildstorm? Yeah. And that's how the, yes. that's probably how they got folded into DC. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Um, then I went to Image. Right. Um, now, now, now it's at Image. But, I mean, I was just so smitten to see it. I was like, and then I was talking to the guy because I've, somehow when we got to the to the cash cash register, there wasn't a line behind me. So I start talking to the guy about it. I was just so happy yeah. to have Asher City. I was like ready to open up. I was like, can I just, you know, start a pull box for, with one title he's like yeah you can do that he's like yeah i prefer you not to do it today and i was like yeah no that's fine <laughs> it's like i get that but i might go back and you know start a start a pool box for astro city who knows but you know realistically i gotta keep myself in the check am i gonna go to there just for one i don't know we'll, we'll see still in its infancy but it's cool that i was excited i didn't read it yet but it was cool that i was excited for comics again and and, and some of the free comic book day issues I was like, oh my god, I could see myself totally falling back in love. Yeah, well, with all this. since you've been away from shops, they the one thing that did happen when um when I guess Marvel and DC now both left Diamond, um, and when Diamond had a tough time uh, when the pandemic first hit, they uh, they actually <laughs> implemented something cool. So now, if your shop does it, there's a thing called Diamond Pull Box. On their website, mm-hmm. you can go onto to the previews website, sit, and there's a book coming out you want, or there's a series you want to subscribe to. You hit order or subscribe, and it's linked up to your local comic shop. You get to pick that when you make an account. Wow! And then it'll just be in your box. Oh, dude! And that's... I use that. Well, like, uh, it's it's rare that I actually like buy a ton of comics, but. When I do, when I think right. of something, I'm like, oh, I can just do, I can just order it, because because I'm never at the shop, so it's like, I can just yeah. order it, and yeah. So man, pretty God cool, damn. pretty cool, yeah. But you know, shit. it's comics, so like half the shit, it's never in stock anyway. So who knows yeah. if you'll get it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or uh, what the you know the stuff you might interest, the stuff that's not out, you know, it's outside of the big three. It's like maybe you'll get an image. Yeah. Or just a box with a question mark on it with a, a little tiny snippet of dialogue, or text about what it's about. Yeah. Okay. I found the DC books. It was Dark Crisis, no. Galaxy, The Prettiest Star, and League of Super Pets. Those were the free comic book day. Why are we oh. talking about this? Now we got to get out of this. This sucks. Uh, you know. Um, that's cool. That's cool, man. But my son was excited. Like, 
Oh, good. My son, it was so cool to see him. I mean, he was reading the free comic book day issues and he, we were sat, we sat there Saturday night and we read them and it was, it was amazing. And he bought, he bought two books. I totally didn't expect him to read when we went inside the shop. And, uh, it was really, it warmed my heart to see him like looking outside of just the main superhero stuff. And he, he bought like a Marvel voices book and it it was, I was really awesome. So I'm excited to see him getting deeper involved he's been borrowing he's been borrowing my trade paperbacks of uh bendis's ultimate spidey from oh really from the get-go so kids love that huh yeah he does wow wow well we'll get into the vagrant but one more story you 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 were bringing up those worms earlier so i meant to tell this last (laughs) week but melissa's got this new thing she's got this new project um there's like a whole subreddit dedicated to this. So she's like learning through yeah. that, through these ghouls yeah. on there. So what she did, she brought a giant mason jar, Dale, like, uh, you know, it's like this, I don't know, like maybe it's a gallon. It's probably like a gallon of milk size. Jesus mason Christ. Mason jar with like, you know, one of those nice rubber gasket lids with the, the yeah. crank shut. She, she drives up to this pond. That's like, I don't know. It's like 20 minutes away. This big old pond that's up on the mountain there. And she scoops water and dirt and plants into this thing and brings it home, washes the outside and sets it on one of her tables there. Because uh, you, 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 this is what people do. This is what sick people do, Dale. They, they create little ecosystems in mason jars by stealing pond water. So, oh, God. So me and her, we're just set up every day staring at this thing. Um, she since actually went and started over because the first batch... Uh, the experts on Reddit said she didn't get enough plants in there. She should probably start over. So, but this first batch, Dale, teeming with wildlife, little shrimps darting around, wow. little wormies, yeah. like oh. doing this, you know, like waving their worm bodies around. But right. The like most, the vegan, like the vegans. Yeah. But the most horrifying thing that was in that first batch was an animal we named Lenny. Um, Melissa's pretty con convinced it was a leech but it was a worm-like creature that was probably three inches long dale okay holy shit uh dark in color it stayed in the muck most of the time but i think sometimes it would swim around Uh, one side was like a a pointed face that seemed like its face because it was like rooting around it seemed like it was leading with that thing but the other end was like sucked onto the glass which we think might be the leech part like i don't know we couldn't tell if there was like teeth in there so it's like it's attached to the glass while its its other end is like rooting around, sniffing around in the in the muck. God, and I, I, we, I mean it's just appalling. It was horrifying, and it, it like I'm never going in a pond ever again after like seeing the amount of life that's in a, just a gallon worth of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I was right. mortified, but fascinated. But I'm glad there was glass in between us. Uh, yeah. So that's what's going on in my house. I don't even know. <laughs> so. Is it supposed, I guess, like, is it supposed to be self-contained? Is it, you yeah. know, the sun heats up and creates the algae and whatever? Well, you got to keep it out of the sun. Because that's the, I think if you get too much algae, that, that'll kill everything. So, right. yeah, I think the idea is that you, you have live plants in it. And I think that creates oxygen within it. 
Um, I am excited to find out what's going on. Yeah. With this. I'll let you know. I'll, I'll, maybe I should post some updates in the uh, Discord, some pictures. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Little shrimps. There's little shrimps. They have another name Fresh. called Scuds. That's what the Reddit Redditors call scuds. it. Scuds. I never heard right. of that before. Freshwater scuds, of course. They're tiny. Teeny tiny. It's amazing though. It it really it's almost like a magic eye trick because you like you have to sit there and stare at this jar. Because you first look and you're like, there's nothing in here, just like water and dirt and some plants. But the yeah. more you look you like, and your eyes adjust, all the little specks are moving. And like half of them are like living creatures. And you're like, holy shit. Like there's so, ma- so much life in this little little jar. It's, it's fascinating. Adorable. Yeah. It's horrible too. Yeah. And horrible. Yeah. Right. Subreddit, please. God. <laughs> um, can we Good please- grief. Get into the vagrant tale. Yeah, let's let's please. Um, get into this shit movie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just do. I'm just trying to give you what you wanted, Chuck. Graham Krakowski is the everyman. He's working a desk job. One day he decides, hey, I'm going to buy myself a house. Why not? Picks out a house. There's something weird about this house, though, when he's touring it. There's something. He sees this weird book sitting on the toilet. The Tweety. And it seems like after he touches that book, things change for old Graham. He ends up buying the house. And uh, there's a vagrant. There's a, a, a what looks like a... A houseless person who keeps popping up around the house. And uh, it's driving Graham a little batty, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this just ramps up for an hour and a half until our, our fantastic conclusion. But Dale, this is going to be an interesting one. I don't feel prepared to talk about this movie. Because I think it's deeper than I'm uh, I, I'm able to articulate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I'm, right. I'm I'm happy to get into the vagrant the va- the vagrant with you. Yeah, um, this movie is like it feels like maybe and maybe it feeds into what what I was just my my uh, obsession with why don't I know about this movie? But it's like maybe it's like Bill Paxton is like look. Like I'm not to brag, but I'm really taken off here. But I really want to do something <laughs> different. I want. I really want to do some. You know, a, a smaller piece that's more of a character piece with with some. You know, with uh, not as much going on around me. Like maybe where you know, this is me, Bill Paxton talking. But I, you know, I'm the driving force. I'm the 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 main plot, right? It just feels like it was the it was a it's a a, a perfect time, and if we don't do it now, n- nothing's going to get made, right? It's never going to get made. And Bill Paxton like really wanted to get it done before <laughs> things. So I don't I don't know how to explain it, but it's it was. I mean, it's the blackest of comedies, and I I, I absolutely love this movie. Like it was a dark. Yeah, I loved it. I think I loved but, it. It was a dark look at just the sick, stupid humor 
Like, I don't know if Ma- Ma- that's Mel Brooks produce, uh, but Mel Brooks, it, his production arm isn't like producing comedies out of the ass or anything like that. Like, uh, but I don't know. It was, uh, I can't help but get over the, the biting black comedy. Yeah. There were a few times where out I felt. Out of the characters. Yeah. There's a few times I felt like the arm of Mel Brooks was, you could see. Like maybe he came in and punched up a joke or something. I don't know. I don't know that for sure, but there was a few times. But Dale, listen to that. Let's. I just want to. Let's go over the critical reception of this movie, just okay. to get us a little fired up. All right. Yeah. Uh, writing for the Chicago Trib- Tribune, Joanna Steinmetz wrote: "The Vagrant is not remotely funny, but it does work on a couple levels that could make it something of a cult film for the disaffected." Hmm. <laughs> That's us. Uh, particularly if the disaffected have had too much to drink. Um, next up, we have Entertainment Weekly's Doug Broad, who panned the film, Doug. giving it a D-plus rating, saying, The Vagrant plays like an attenuated, not to mention rejected Tales from the Dark Side episode, and called it a moronic, ineptly directed bummer. Wow. Uh, Doug, go fly a kite. Yeah. What movie did you watch? And who pooped in your cereal? Yeah, so why so mean? So I... mean. Just like just e- eager beaver. I'm gonna shit I'm gonna shit on this thing. I'm gonna God. shit on somebody's hopes and dreams today. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> right. That's me. This is me. I work for Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Everybody reads my stuff. You and know. it's a safe bet because it's a straight to straight to video movie, so I can shit on it. No one cares. Whatever. Yeah, no one important's gonna get offended, right? Right, which is odd. Which again was odd. It released like five theaters for one week total, and we're talking probably like, uh, you know, what's a what's a theater that you would see this release? The Ritz, the Ritz. I would say, yeah. If it was that, it was probably just Philly. New York and L.A. Like, yeah, yeah. I I couldn't help but I I I just I loved. I loved a lot about it, but for one, I, I, I loved Mr. Krakowski's obsession with... Hello, emergency. I, I'd like to report a, a dangerous vagrant who is... What is he doing, sir? Doing? Just the, the right look. Now? Yes, right now. Well, he's just sitting there eating something, but two days ago he was... Excuse me, can you hold, please? Yes, I'll hold. He, could, he, he, he couldn't bear to see this vagrant... Oh yeah. So so much so that he he got him arrested on public urination, and even then, it's like he was the fact that he went, uh, you know, he he hit the streets in search for this guy doing something illegal just to get him out of his face. Yeah, there's something was, like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. It was special. It was just sickeningly special. Like the yeah, the, the, out of the Bill Paxton going out of his way. We cannot apprehend a citizen on the basis of what he eats. Read the Constitution. I understand, but there must be trespassing laws. I mean, the guy's living over there. He 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 cooks on an open fire in an undesignated area, and he's he's using the bushes to urinate in. And you've seen him urinating. Well, be honest. Well. No, I haven't actually seen him, but my God, if you smell those bushes... Circumstantial, you've got no case. No, wait, Buzz. If we can find a corroborating witness, we could make the urination... I loved it because it really, like, it, it, it really pull. it really played on, like, our fears of homeless people, like, and that they're just... Yes, yeah. They're just monsters to be feared. You don't go near them, you don't interact with them, and if they're near you, 
it's okay to call the cops to have them go brush them into some sewer somewhere. Um, I loved that. I love, I loved, I loved the, the, it felt like it was a very like introspective, like film about masculinity. Oh God, here I go. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Do it. Go down the road. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of, um, cause he's like, he's like a man trying to be a man and he's living alone and like, he's doing all these manly things to solve this problem of this vagrant, you know, like, you know, getting like the best security system and putting up a 10 foot fence all around the perimeter. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, it's just like a problem he can't solve. And it's just, just watching him like ramp up and start to lose his mind over it. Like, (laughs) especially with all the, like all the other stuff where he's, there's an element where he's like, he starts to like sleepwalk and like he's doing, he's like waking up while he's like searching yeah. for a secret passageway in his closet. But his girlfriend woke him up and he's like, oh, I was sleep doing crazy shit in my sleep again. Um, yeah. Which adds this whole element to where he think, you know, people start getting murdered and he's like, maybe I'm doing it. Maybe this vagrant's yeah. not real. Um, but I don't know, Dale, is there like, am I hitting on anything with this? Like, see, this is what I wish I had like, uh, I wish there was some news, mm-hmm. some some college professor writing a, yeah. a huge thing on this. <laughs> right? I, I don't. I almost don't feel qualified to talk about it. On some level, there is a little bit of that going on because he, when you mentioned the like the general public's, it's their right to not be to not only not be harassed by a, a dirty homeless person, but just the fact that they're in the the same field of view in the same vicinity. Yeah. As as said general public, it's it's like they have a right right to to go out of their way to to uh make it stop happening by get them get them out of there by any means necessary. And that includes, you know, stooping so low as to uh say he was urinating in public and getting a witness <laughs> to that fact just to get him out of your face. Whether whether or not this guy is actually a, a committing murder or not. Yeah. Uh there's no proof at this time. I, I, I'm going to keep saying the word black, but it's it's taking you know real issues and just just turning it into the blackest humor. But it's not morbid humor, and it's not out loud, laugh out loud, funny humor. It's just like this satire, this biting satire on everybody. Like everybody's character that they're playing just is just turned all the way up and yeah. to this absurd movie. Yeah, and it's like watching Bill. Graham Kurkowski go through it's you know it's like watching a snowball just like pick up steam and go down a hill like um, yeah the whole movie he's just just gets more and more ramped up as things go wrong and this vagrant keeps popping up and, oh yeah uh, just I mean there's that my my favorite scene where it like really comes to a head when he uh he's like really losing it and he's like barricaded in his house and the cops come with the SWAT team and like shoot out all the windows and they bust in and and he's grams on the kitchen floor and his pajamas like laying in broken glass and michael ironside the detective comes in and he's like so what, what do you have to say to yourself graham he like he can't he's so out of his mind he can't form words i laughed so hard at that because it like I love, like, bless Mel Brooks for probably reading the script or, like, his intern read it and was like, oh, Mel's going to love this. 
I mean, yeah. what what a scene where he <laughs> he's gone so bad. He, like ah, it's it's amazing. I love it. And then Bill after that, after Bill Paxton, you know, he he just he ups and I, now I'm I'm skipping over so much gold, but you know, there comes to a point where Everybody thinks Bill Paxton is murdering the people. Even Bill Paxton is questioning it because yeah. he's so out of his mind. He can't sleep because he's so obsessed with this vagrant possibly killing people. Or he have, he's having fantasy that maybe the vagrant's killing people because it's not really him killing the people. But he's uh, he's in court and they're prosecuting him <laughs> uh, for these murders. And the only reason he gets off is his mom <laughs> drops stone dead from the witness stand. And there's a moment where she falls forward and her dead body like flops on the ground <laughs> and he's just like, my mother, somebody help her. Yeah. And it's like the, like, and if the police it were not are holding movie, him back. It would the bailiffs be, are yeah. like, no, you can't go help your mother. You're Somebody's like <laughs> pounding on her chest, but it's like a dead, I mean, it's like yeah, the, the budget spent on this dummy, this real life dummy, uh, just to see her body like hit the floor at you know with all Amazing. this weight behind her. I mean, she hit the floor. Yeah. It was a dummy of some kind because she hit the floor with such uh, like body weight worth of gravity pulling her down. So she he gets off scot free after that. I love that, and, and I love that all they did was that to hint that he was about to get off the 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 charges was they they cut when her when the mom was dying in the courtroom. They cut to one juror lady one of the jurors and she just had this like sympathetic look on her face and i, I love yeah, that that was like enough a, to be like just to be, be like okay he's gonna get off and then they cut <laughs> to the next scene and he's screaming he's just screaming in the corner someone help her i know <laughs> my mother <laughs> <It's> my mother <laughs> like it's awful if it's not in this movie it's an awful scene yeah. and then they well then they i mean then they have that they they could not resist using that grandma dummy again because they um there's the news report shot, like the news anchor talking about how he got off, and then they're showing the body being wheeled out, and she falls off the the uh, the, the thing and falls down the, the steps of the courthouse. <laughs> Which like God, didn't need to be in the movie. It was just like a great visual gag. Like it totally didn't need to be in there, but I very much appreciate them putting it in. And it's amidst this like very serious issue yeah. here, you know, people are dying. Yeah. Possibly to a a, a vagrant. Possibly. Yeah, not. And we should say the 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 vagrant is very interesting cuz he's not he don't, he never says anything till the very end. Um but like he keeps showing we we should say he keeps showing up in Graham's house. He, you know, no yeah, matter how many locks, how many security systems Graham has. It, it's sort of a, a it's a very Bugs Bunny sort of situation where, you know, bugs will like torture Daffy Duck, you know, relentlessly or Porky Pig, yeah. you know, by just like, just annoying him. That That's kind of what the vagrant is. He just like, every time he shows up in his house, Bill just like freaks out. The vagrant yeah. laughs, picks up his like, his caddy of garbage and walks out the door. Like most of the shots of the vagrant are him walking out of the door or like creepily, yeah. like leaving the basement out of that secret <laughs> door in the trap door in the basement that flat i i yeah uh yeah uh and, and we should say chris wallace the director he, he's a he hasn't directed much but he was a um special effects guy which 
I think is the reason the vagrant looked the way he did. He was very much dressed up in a lot of latex and had these like these sausage oh, hands. Yeah, these hands. Oh, dude. I how I mean those they were like robotic pneumatic tube like somebody just like was holding the end of a pole with these fat disgusting <laughs> like hands with these fingers they were amazing it was it was amazing effects yeah so gross they lo- they loved showing like his hands and his the detail of his face the, all that latex stuff they put on mm-hmm. him his fucked up eyes my favorite uh, my favorite i don't know uh performance is michael ironside by a million oh, miles dude. in this dude uh, you want to see uh, comedic or not I, I don't know it's comedic because he's clearly just a, a prick who uh you know hates krakowski he calls him like krosky on purpose through the whole movie <laughs> he just calls him krosky i love when he asks graham his name like the first time he's like in the yeah. house asks him his name he says graham krakowski and he just waits because he's like, I need you to spell it, son. But he, but he's not going to like waste his time s- saying that out loud. <laughs> like he just gives him a look until like, All right? Paxton's like, oh yeah, I got to spell my name for this guy. <laughs> it's just like it was such a good deed. Who knows if that was even in the script? But fucking yeah. Ironside, woo, hot shit there. You never, ever, ever see Michael Ironside in in a comedic role ever yeah and i mean he plays it straight like a prick like mike he plays it like michael ironside plays everything but there's just this this funny twang to it yeah that it makes everything he says funny even if this character were in any other movie he would just be (laughs) michael ironside you know richter from total recall he's just an (laughs) asshole but this just because you know the circumstances surrounding him and why he's in the movie and he doesn't believe Graham Kakowski for anything. <laughs> and he purposely calls him Krosky. Yeah. I yeah, knew it was you all along, Krosky. <laughs> Krosky. Yeah, I love when they're like, he's turning the screws on Krosky in this kitchen and like, because he thinks he's just dealing with like an insane person. It was really fun watching that, like, because I was like, man, how far are they going to take this? I, I, I was like... After the tr- after like he obliterates his own home and the, the cops like destroy it and he goes on trial, I was like, man, where are they going to go from here? Because because soon he's just he's he gets like a seven hundred dollar uh, uh, like Woody um, what are those called station wagons and he's driving down the highway and it's like where's this going to go? Like because I was like, There's, yeah, looks like a half hour left. Like what's happening now? And he ends up at this middle of nowhere desert trailer park. And uh, meets a crazy new cast of characters, and he becomes the manager of this trailer park for this blind old black man named X-Ray with a dog. And uh, his neighbor's this, uh, like, large... God, she was, like... She was, like, something out of, like, Pee-wee's Playhouse or, like... uh, Mm -hmm. Or uh, or John Waters' movie, this this girl named Dodie, who was, like, super chipper, you know, colorful dresses and... You know, old 60s style, big haircut. And she's like, just so excited to have <laughs> Bill uh-huh. Paxton. Well, now his name's Handsome Jerry man. Kramer. He's using a, an alias. Oh, have Jerry yeah. Kramer in town. Um, yeah. And he's just like, oh my. But he's still struggling. But he brought that damn book with him. 
So the, what right. did you think of the book thing? Cause like I didn't pick up on its importance until much later. Like when he's like, when we see him like flipping through it and noticing yes. who's on the back cover. Um, right. But when I was like taking clips, I noticed when he first is touring the house before he buys the house, as soon as he touches the book that's sitting on the toilet, the, um, the realtor comes in and, is like she's like i don't i can't understand it i'm sexually attracted to you you know i want to hump you like it was like right when he touched that book wow her like demeanor towards him changed <laughs> and she was had this like animalistic passion to try and make love with him and stuff yeah um, and the book makes, was like man is the animal right or something yeah yeah, yeah. and it makes like yeah and it makes yeah it kind of makes sense I don't, I don't know why touching the book did that but um but yeah it kind of makes sense. Well, oh, that's you know, funny. Towards the end of the movie, but um, yeah, and he he's like trailer park. How does he get out of the trailer park? I guess he gets. He's developed this sort of a uh, rhythm where he's you know he's not. He kind of he's okay with his life. Like it's I like they have like this smash cut to the future because he's got like this mullet and oh he's got these like God, broken glasses, yes. but he's just loving. He's just him and his buddy X Ray are sitting there by the yeah. outdoor fire and they're just talking about you know like day to day life in the, in the trailer park. And uh, X Ray brings up that Dodie, <laughs> like is, I mean, it being sounds like Dodie just started raping raping jerry <laughs> nightly because he has to handcuff himself to the bed because he thinks he's going to murder everybody yeah which so, is it, that was a great it was almost like a wolfman situation where he was like like he got off the trial but he's still like worried that he's killing people like he still thinks it's him that's been killing people so he he comes up with this thing to have Dodie every night handcuff him to like some railing and while he sleeps and then she has to come in the morning and pick him up but if Dodie can't resist the animalistic charm of uh, our boy Jerry, so oh, she God. has her way with him while he's handcuffed. The second, up. <laughs> yeah, the second she can find, she finds out that he's he's he can be handcuffed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is uh, game on. But uh, X Ray is trying to have a heart to heart with him and say, like, look, <laughs> basically, Dodie can't keep buying new underwear because you have to come in her house and like steal the used ones yeah. and cut big like cut big holes in them and display them in the kitchen or something it was crazy <laughs> it was but insane. then like J- like krakowski's world is turned upside down because yeah. it's like no this is happening all over again like yeah. it's not me yeah he's back the vagrant found now him. he knows <laughs> it's not him yeah yeah but that was a, what a scene. So much work was done in that scene mm-hmm. with him and X Ray sitting there, and X Ray even hands him like a, a bag filled with her. Uh, oh yeah, ruined oh God, yeah. underwear <laughs> with the yeah, crotches right. cut. I love when X Ray is like, "Look, man, I, I'm not here to judge. All, I'm a man. I know we all got our thing." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. and then he's like, "Why don't you go? Why don't you mail away for?" One of those nice frilly things with the crotch already cut out, so you don't have to cut them. <laughs> good old X-ray. He was really looking out X-ray. for our boy. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was one of the good ones for sure. Oh. And, yeah. Uh, after yeah. He, he after he hears that, he tries to go have a you know try to have a good night's rest. Like very unsettled as he is, but he wakes up the next morning with this massive bloody meat cleaver in his bed. <sighs> Yeah, so he goes on the run again, gets in his car, and ends up at this weird, 
it's like kind of a sandstormy night and he ends up at this weird roadside attraction that it's like a diner and then a a gas station and then this what was it called it was like donnie oh, stillborn's oh, yes <laughs> something i'm stealing that dale mark my words i'm stealing the last name stillborn for a character yeah because that was hilarious because it does sound yeah. like somebody's last name it when, does but like it's awful also but so it's horrible. awful that, yeah yeah <laughs> it's like yeah captain stillborn's mining cart operation yeah, yeah it was yeah. like a mining cart themed so sort of great. like haunt, horror house ride it like in the middle mm-hmm. of the desert. Amazing that they wanted to end the movie here. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's it has nothing to do with. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's so crazy that it ends up here. This is where it ends. Yeah, and um, yeah, and at the same time, Michael Ironside is like he's like going off. He's going rogue with his partner. He's like, I'm gonna fucking track this guy down and make sure he doesn't kill anyone again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he catches up with him there at the the haunted house. So it's like. You know, it's like there's the vagrant and there's Graham and then there's the uh, Michael Ironside, you know, so they're all meeting in this crazy haunted house situation. And uh, yeah, and we get some real, real revelations. Well, first he, he finds the, the vagrants like wheelie pack in the back of his car. <laughs> yeah, which is at the back of horrifying. his car. Yeah. Right. And he starts rooting through like he's got like journals and stuff and he realizes Okay, the vagrant was like a professor, right? He was like some professor guy that like went crazy and he wrote the book. What was the, the book? The man animal book, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and he catches up with the vagrant finally in like the elevator of this building and the vagrant's like. Now calm down, Grammy. You should be grateful to me. Before I met you, you were a little boring neurotic. Yeah, boring friends, a boring job, boring clothes, a boring little bitch girlfriend. You did what they all told you. And now you can think for yourself. You have your own mind. You have your own life. Look at you, you got style. You're interesting. And you're a celebrity. I kind of like you. The whole movie was just like a thing of like, I think it was just a critique on toxic masculinity, really. It was just like, it's almost like watching someone get into like a, what were those guys that were big like 10 years ago? Like the uh, pickup artists, you know, like it's almost like watching a friend get into that crowd, you know, <laughs> where you just learn to like, you just, you know, convince yourself women are not real things. They're just objects to be tricked into bed. You know, it's kind of, I got sort of that kind of feeling like pickup mm-hmm. artist feeling from this vagrant slash professor, evil professor. <laughs> He yeah, was because, like, he yeah. was, what was he doing? He was just like, use, he was playing, he was just doing all these things in Bill Paxton's life. Like he was a mouse in a cage, you know, just experimenting on him. Mm-hmm. The whole time he was just, you know, experimenting on the thesis on, yeah. you know, what? Hypothesis. Yeah. <laughs> things come to blows and, uh, you know, the vagrant kills Michael Ironside, like pretty heartily. It, it, things got physical, physical, physical. Because, uh, you know, up until the very last second, he was convinced that Bill Paxson was, you know, putting it, yeah. putting the screws to the vagrant and trying to murder the, the this bum in the middle of nowhere until the bum, you know, kills him. Yeah. Did the vagrant die? Did he, did he get killed? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. The detective's partner shoots the vagrant who falls into a pit of spikes. That's right. 
Oh yeah, he fell into he fell into that that trailer full of cactuses. <laughs> oh yeah, the cactus. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the so cactus painful. like pierces his pussy eye. Yeah. Oh god. Oh yeah, the milk, the eye milk. Oh yeah. Oh, oh god. my god, that's right. Yeah. And oh. the uh, the FBI guy's like he, he's like uh, talking to Bill Paxton. He's like, "You're in luck." Uh, the doctor says he's not even going to make the ambulance ride or something. Like <laughs> yeah. <that. laughs> It's an odd movie. Like, I don't... Yeah. I want to watch it again, because it's like one that, like, I'm I'm still... I feel like I'm still processing it, um, and I feel like there might be more stuff to, like, take in. Dale? Do we have any uh, listener feedback? Uh, folks... This week we do not, but let me give you uh, our information just in case you want to get 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 to us. Three one five five four four zero nine six six. I hope that's right. Uh, and batandspiderpod at gmail dot com. It's there. Mm-hmm. Send us an email. Send us money at kofi dot com slash batandspider. Send us your love. Send us your uh, oh. I I while while we talk while. Fuck, Dale. Speak in words. <laughs> Let me use a segment here to um, uh, talk about Brandon Ulrich's uh, Excel spreadsheet. Did you see yeah. that? Did you get to look at it? Did he uh, post it? He posted there? it. Uh, he posted it so you can access it in our Good. Discord. Um, but he basically uh, bookmarked and categorized every single episode uh, of our Tales from the Crypt journey yeah and okay. using his best using hit what he knew best to into how to interpret what we said about the episode he he assigned it a value so he could sort uh and and and, and uh list and do everything with data i mean he's, he's like mr wizard with the data that he documented and it's it's a sight to behold. I recommend you join our Discord to get the link to check that out. Yeah, it's cool. You would put a you put a quote from one of us next to each episode <laughs> that sort of summed up our feelings. Um, yeah, and I guess overall, season four was our most liked, got the highest average score, uh, which is interesting. I, I'd have to go back and look at what episodes were in there on season four. Mm-hmm. It would, but it, I mean, it just it would make sense, right? Just by like you know, in season four, they're probably in this groove. They've really gotten a chance to uh, yeah. do what they want with some of the episodes. It's probably the sweet spot. Sweet spot, Dale. I have a feeling that you are picking out what movie we're watching next week. Yeah, it's it's up to me to um, it's up to me to pick something out. And boy, have you? Were you a big DC guy, Dale? You know, you're a Marvel guy. Yeah, I was a Marvel guy all the way until, you know, we did a lot of DC for the podcast. Um, and that's where I got most of my DCing yeah. done. Yeah. I mean, you can't really take that DC stuff seriously, right? <laughs> you better cut that. You better cut that. Dale, there's a vagrant. On eBay for eighteen ninety five. How about that guy? Remember when Bill Paxton was getting all the work done on his house, and that 
that like large guy with the funny hair and uh graham's friend was like hey didn't you didn't you sell me a leaky roof five years ago and he's like no that wasn't me <laughs> it was somebody <laughs> else half of these are on my watch list but i don't know why they're on my watch list are they on my watch list because we watched a movie from the same director or from the same cast member. You know what I mean? So I'm leery. And now I question everything on my watch list. Like, is it anyway, I have a, I have a movie here. Okay. I'm going to tread lightly. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe not. It's from 1986. It's called neon maniacs. Joseph Mangine. A group of teenagers in San Francisco discover a nest of homicidal monsters living in a tower of the Golden Gate Bridge, but when they try to tell authorities, no one will believe them. Wow. And this cover, I mean, the, the poster's nuts. I mean, Kind of wild. I mean, there's like a samurai-looking guy. <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a monster. There are 12 good reasons to be afraid of the dark, and every one of them is a killer. Um, this looks great. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know anything about it. So that's um, good. No, it's maybe, good. maybe that's good because why is it on my watch list? Why did, how did I put this on my watch list? Yeah. I think that's what I, I'm trying to like figure it out. Like if yeah. there was a connection to something else you watched. No, this is great. Dale. 1986, a movie with neon in the title and maniacs in the title. All right. That's our job. That's why God put us here. Um, gosh, until that, uh, until next week then. Yeah. Uh, so take care of yourself out there, everyone. Yeah. Um, sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. No, I, I think, is I think, I think that was lovely. Check out batandspider.com. You, there you'll see uh, links to join our discord. There you'll see links to check out our Kofi page where you can support us and, uh, you know, Get f- access to free, uh, exclusive content. Um, we got a couple uh, black dungeons in the books scheduled. Until then, Dale. Um, thanks, thanks again for showing up. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what. That's it. <laughs> that's all, sometimes it's all we can ask for, you know. <laughs> all right, cut it. theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Mm-hmm.